I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Supply chain crisis is hitting families across the United States, but the Utah Inland Port Authority has just announced a new deal with the Port of Long Beach in California and Union Pacific Railroad that could help solve some of the problem, uh, both now and into the future, as well as working toward a better environment. So what does this all mean for Utah? Really pleased to have back on the program Jack Hedge, who is the executive director of the Utah Inland Port Authority. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Boyd. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So as we look at this, uh, you know, who who would have thunk it, right? <laughs> so, suddenly talking about ports uh, and uh, all that uh, supply chain has suddenly put uh, what Utah has been talking about for a couple of years now uh, in the middle of the middle of the conversation. But uh, tell us what was announced today and uh, what does it actually mean? Yeah, boy, it, it, it really has. Uh, we are we are sort of uh, uh, coming up, you know, working really hard to come up with solutions and 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 uh, ways to deal with some of the supply chain issues that we have, while you know trying to, to to also address issues related to traffic congestion and 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 air pollution associated with goods movement. And this new uh, agreement that we've uh, built on with Port of Long Beach and, and the UP Railroad really goes to the heart of those two of those two issues. So not only are we moving goods into Utah uh, more efficiently than they're being moved now, but, you know, we're going to take a lot of truck traffic off the road between Southern California and Utah. Uh, it's going to, it's, it's really going to benefit us in a lot of ways, economically and environmentally. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Uh, again, who would have thought we would have been talking about this in this way uh, just even a few months ago? Uh, and yeah. now looking at that and, and converting, you know, from road, we know there we know there's uh, challenges at the ports in terms of longshoremen. We know that there are challenges in terms of the numbers of, of drivers and trucks on the road. So converting from road to rail uh, in terms of cargo, tell us just a little bit what those benefits might look like. Uh, what is that impact going to be? Well, yeah. So, I mean, it, it has benefits throughout the supply chain. When you're taking cargo off out of the terminals, out of the port terminals by truck, you know, you're only moving one box at a time, one box per truck. But a rail car can move five, up to five or six boxes at a time. So for every rail car that we put on, we're taking at least three trucks off the road mm. at, at that time. So we're, we're reducing uh, congestion and pollution at the terminal, at the, at the gate. And moving the, that cargo out more efficiently, much more efficiently, and much more rapidly than it's getting moved out today. So what we hope to be able to do is, working with the UP Railroad, is actually literally sweep the the, the terminals, uh, the 13 terminals in L.A. Long Beach, and move that cargo by rail inland 
cargo that was already destined to come to us anyway, but was coming to us by truck, move it in by rail. So it, it moves the cargo quicker and faster. Uh, it, it gets it out of the terminals faster, which reduces congestion at the, at the port terminals. It gets it into Utah faster, which gets it into our hands quicker and with less uh, congestion and less, less air pollution. And it puts equipment and boxes in Utah that really is going to help our exporters in the future. Mm. Uh, our exporters will be able to get access to that equipment and get their stuff loaded here and get it out uh, back to the coast for export um, and, instead of you know, trying to get to the docks and trying to match up when they get there. Yeah, wow, that's uh, that is so fascinating. So as you look at this and, and how this system and, and these kinds of agreements – uh, does that ultimately become part of that infrastructure that will support the an inland port for for the long haul? Explain that to us. Yeah, it really does. Uh, the the infrastructure uh, uh, financing that the board approved a week or so ago uh, is actually for this very kind of thing. Uh, it's to it's to make improvements in the in the rail system to allow uh, these trains to come in without uh, uh, you know, conflicting with traffic. And and to uh, and to be able to move through the system more efficiently, more effectively, the the transload facility, the cross dock facility that that we've proposed to build, uh, actually will will handle this cargo and make it even more efficient on on our end of the chain. Uh, that it gets handled in a more efficient manner, uh, creates more jobs as well as further reducing you know truck impacts from moving that cargo. All of that infrastructure that we've got planned. Uh, for the next year or so, all goes to this very kind of project yeah. and really makes the system hum. Yeah, so as you, as you look at that, so we've talked about how that impacts uh, things in terms of kind of that, that high level. Uh, we've talked about the, the process, the shipping. We've talked about how that would influence uh, importers and exporters here in the state of Utah. Let's take it all the way down to the individual level. We talked some about the climate impact and, uh, and the alleviation of having so many trucks on the roads and the eff- efficiencies that are realized there. Let's take it all the way down to the the general consumer, the the average citizen. Uh, what is this kind of process and this kind of system and strategy uh, going to do in terms of the the average consumer? Well, I think I think what it really does for the average consumer is it helps keep a lid on prices that are related to transportation costs. It really is a is a way to help mitigate some of the increases that we've seen recently in the cost of shipping goods to and from the United States. And, you know, most of the, of the stuff that we consume in the United States as consumers comes from overseas. And so reducing that cost or being able to at least try to stabilize that cost and keep it from going up as rapidly as it has uh, could have really big impacts in terms of our, our pocketbooks on an everyday basis. Yeah, we know the uh, impact in terms of uh, inflation, the, the prices going mm-hmm. up, uh, those containers. Uh, we've heard reports that the, the cost to ship a container from China to the, the port here uh, in the western U.S. you know, went yeah. from 1500 to about 15000 some say even as high as 20000 So does this kind of system that you're describing and these kind of agreements that you've announced, is that going to help alleviate that pressure, and will that ultimately have kind of a trickle-down impact? Well, yeah. So it, it, being able to move those boxes through the terminals faster uh, eliminates some of that congestion. And some of that premium that's being paid right now for that box is to is to co- uh, build in the cost of dealing with that congestion and that backup at the at the at the port terminals. And that translates directly into into our costs. You know, the, the cost of everything from 
you know, our, our, the toys that we're looking at to buy our, our kids for Christmas, uh, making sure that they're, they're on the shelves, but also the price of those toys. Uh, look at what's happened to, to you know, lumber. And, and if you've tried to do a backyard project in the last year or so, look at what's happened to the price of lumber in that period of time um, or, or steel or concrete or anything like that. All costs across the board have been going up. This is a way to start bringing those costs back down. Uh, and keeping a lid on them into the future. Yeah, wonderful. One last quick question for you, uh, yeah. Jack. Uh, as you as you look at how that rolls in and you, these these agreements that you've announced, these deals you've announced today, uh, how quickly will we start to see some of the impact uh, and influence of that uh, here in the state? You know, Boyd, I think the the, the railroad's going to start pulling uh, start pulling cargo uh, here just in, immediately. They're ready to roll. Um, it's this is imminent. This is not something that's going to take months to put together. This is something we'll start seeing here um, right away. Oh, We're fan- very excited about that. It's a real solution. That's wonderful. Fantastic. Jack Hedge is the executive director of the Utah Inland Port Authority. Uh, again, who would have thought that uh, we'd be talking about Inland Port <laughs> in this way at this time? Again, six months ago, I don't think that was on anybody's radar. Except maybe Jack. Jack probably saw this one coming uh, with all of that. But we appreciate uh, Jack joining us on the program today. We're going to go ahead and step aside for some bottom of the hour news. And when we come back, we're going to pick up uh, our conversation uh, with Lindsay Ayer, who's also going to give us the bottom of the hour news. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.